G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, the place to be in learning how to turn your passion into a profession. And today's episode, I want to really dive deep into this, this area of thinking called turning professional, turning into a pro. Now, since I started uh, doing my own thing, working on my own gig, one of the biggest things that I've learned when you pursue your passion is really the mindset between being an amateur and the mindset of being a professional and the distinction between the two and how the quicker you transition into being the pro, even though we all want to be a pro, the quicker we acknowledge our shortcomings in the amateur field, the quicker we can become the pro. So what I mean by that is when you work onto your passion, it's the first time ever for most people that they don't have anyone to answer. There's no boss, there's no manager, there's no team leader. You're doing things on your own timeline. You're doing it uh, based on your own skill sets and you're doing it on your own belief system because suddenly when you pursue your passion, you don't have a manager, you don't have someone telling you that your work is good enough. And that, if you're used and I was, used to someone telling you that your work was good enough or good to go ahead with, you're constantly thinking and you're constantly critiquing yourself, thinking to yourself, is my work good enough? Does it really cut it? And one of the things that I want to make distinction of in this episode is how do you go from that thinking to being a pro? Because one of the first things that I learned uh, pursuing my passion was it doesn't matter how you feel, it matters how you finish. It doesn't matter how you feel. It matters how you finish. In other words, this is not a talking about intuition. If your intuition says don't do something, you ignore it and you do it anyway. What this is saying is, say you make a decision to follow through on your passion. And following on that passion, say you want to be a, uh, a teacher. You want to transition into becoming a teacher, for example. You're currently an accountant and you want to become a teacher. And so being a teacher requires you to recruit new skill sets. It requires you maybe to do some more formal study. It requires you maybe to um, get used to the politics of being in a schooling institution, right? There's certain skills that you now need to upgrade to become a teacher. And it can become very easily, you can become, you and I can easily become lulled into thinking, I just can't be bothered. I don't know if I want to do it, even though we've made the decision to go ahead with it. Now, there's a distinct difference between my intuition, my inner feeling tells me not to do something versus I don't want to do it because I'm just like, I can't be bothered. I'm lazy. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm enough. I don't know if I'm old enough. I don't know if I'm young enough. I don't know, fill in the blank. And it's that thinking which brings the, that saying it doesn't matter how you feel, it matters how you finish. In other words, you've got to finish what you started. That's the primary discipline of pursuing a passion because passion has so many elements attached to it. Any passion you want to pursue, you want to start your own business, you want to start an online business, you want to start a podcast, you want to start videoing, you want to start um, becoming an executive. To get to that passion, whatever it is, there are things that have to happen along the way for you to realize that passion. And that's all the evolution of um, you know, your change of attitudes, your change of understanding, your upskilling yourself, the refining of who you are gets into movement, gets into motion, gets into momentum in the pursuit of a passion. And it's very easy to fall into that, that, that web of, I don't know if I can do it, I'm feeling tired today, it just, I just, there's nothing to talk of, you know, all those reasons why we can't do something. And so I want to talk about a book that I've come across and that's called Turning Pro. 
and it's by Stephen Pressfield. And I believe I've spoken about this before on this uh, podcast series, but I want to really zoom in on a particular part of the book. And the part of the book that I want to zoom in on is this definition between an amateur and a professional. And what's the distinction? Because the culture kind of tells us right now, not kind of, completely tells us hustle, 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 work, work, work. And yes, 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 that's all true. But at what point are we hustling, hustling, working, working? You know, like, how are we changing out? Because we can push all we want. There's a moment in time when we stop pushing because I just can't be bothered anymore. Because if that's been the thinking, if that's been the discipline for such a long time, that is going to overcome your passion and it's going to over, override your passion. The feeling of, I just don't want to do it. It's just too hard. Am I getting anywhere? Like, that has to come second to your passion, those feelings. So your passion's got to come first. So how do we know whether we're going into this amateur realm where we're kind of falling along the wayside and how do we know we're playing at pro level and so we can keep on track at pro level and be in the pursuit of the passion to turn into a profession long term so Stephen Pressfield the author of turning pro says that this is what characterizes an amateur okay ready setting so I'm going to go read a quick I mean you can get this book yourself but I'm going to go fast in some of the descriptions and then I'm going to go slower deeper into some of the descriptions of some characteristics so that I've got time to cover both pro and amateur. Because it's a full book guys I mean I can't do the whole thing right now on the podcast. But here we go. The amateur is terrified. The amateur is terrified. Fear is the primary color of the amateur's interior world. Doesn't that like put like he he expresses that so articulately? Fear is the primary color of the amateur's interior world. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of looking foolish, fear of underachieving, and fear of overachieving, fear of poverty, fear of loneliness, fear of death. But most importantly, what we all fear as amateurs is being excluded from the tribe, the gang, the mother, the father, the family, the nation, the race. The amateur fears that if he turns pro and lives out his calling, he will have to live up to who he really is and what he is truly capable of. The amateur is terrified that if the tribe should discover who he really is, he'll be kicked out into the cold to die. It's pretty straightforward there. So the amateur is someone that's terrified and fear is the primary color of the amateur's internal world. Now, what he says is the professional is terrified too. The professional, by the way, is just as terrified as the amateur. In fact, the professional may be more terrified because she is more acutely conscious of herself and of her interior universe. The difference lies in the way the professional acts in the face of fear. Now, let me go into a shopping list of all the things that Stephen Pressfield defines someone who's playing at amateur. An amateur is someone, guys, you could be doing something for 20 years, 40 years. It doesn't make you pro just because you've been doing it for a very long time. It makes you experienced in doing that repetitive task or work or duty. It doesn't make anyone a professional because I know know that from corporate when people would say, I've been doing my job for 30 years, 40 years or 20 years or whatever it was. And I think, but you're not very, like, you're not 
like a tea, a manager would say, they're like, you're not very inspiring. You don't manage very well. Like you've been managing for 20 years and you don't do a very good job of it. And I'm, I share that with you because becoming a pro doesn't necessarily mean that you've been in a job. You could be in a job for 10 days, five days, but the way you conduct your behaviors, the discipline that's within you defines you as a professional because you'll get the results. But just because you've been there for a very long time doesn't default anybody into thinking that they're a professional. They could be have done the junior for a long time. They could be experienced in a task, but it does not make them professional. So Stephen Pressfield continues. The amateur is an egotist. Radio. The amateur lives by the opinion of others. Now let me read into that. Though the amateur's identity is seated in his own ego, that ego is so weak that it cannot define itself based on its own self-evaluation. The amateur follows his worth and identity to be defined by others. The amateur craves third-party validation. The amateur is tyrannized by his imagined conception of what is expected of him. He is imprisoned by what he believes he ought to think, how he ought to look, what he ought to do, and who he ought to be. The amateur permits fear to stop him from acting. So let me go into just a shopping list of amateur's characteristics. The amateur is easily distracted. The amateur seeks instant gratification. The amateur is jealous. The amateur lacks compassion for himself or herself. The amateur seeks permission. The amateur lives for the future. The amateur lives in the past. The amateur will be ready tomorrow. Now, let me read about, a bit about that because I want to explain that. The amateur will be ready tomorrow. Two, now, he, this is how he explains it. Two Hollywood producers were talking. I've got, a good, I've got good news, one of them said, and, I, and I've got bad news. So give me the good news. Remember that mansion we were trying to rent for the par big party scene, but we couldn't get it because it cost like 50 grand for the night? Well, I just talked to the guy and he'll give it to us for 10 grand. Well, what's the bad news? He wants 100 bucks up front. The sure sign of an amateur is he has a million plans and they all start tomorrow. <laughs> I, and what's really interesting, guys, is when you're, when you're hearing this, can you identify with any of these characteristics in yourself? And you're only revealing this and becoming very self-aware with yourself. Because in doing that, now you know what gaps to close. And I know that when I was reading this, I was looking at what my gaps are so I can close in on that gaps. But as long as I deny the gaps, then I don't know what to close and I don't know what to improve. And the next seminar on motivation is going to be the next thing that sounds good to me, but I don't need motivation. I need to craft my character. I need to sculpt my character. And this is a very good way of seeing what defines an amateur to a pro and what's the amateur skill set, mindset, speech that makes allows the amateur to just stay put as being at amateur level and so see if any of these things resonate because now when you know you know what gaps are you going to be able to close in on when i get into the pro uh, section the professional section okay the amateur gives his own power away to others the amateur is asleep let me let me dive into that the force that can save the amateur is awareness particularly 
self-awareness. But the amateur understands, however dimly, that if she truly achieved this knowledge, she would be compelled to act upon it. To act upon this self-awareness would mean defining herself, that is, differentiating herself from the tribe and thus making herself vulnerable to rejection, expulsion, and all the fears that self-definition elicits. Fear of self-definition is what keeps an amateur an amateur and what keeps an addict an addict. That's what he means by an amateur is asleep. It says, these, the, the way in which he's articulating these thoughts, I find is really beautiful, beautifully crafted, the language that he's using to get the point across. Now, those, so those were the characteristics of what an amateur is. And by looking at those guys, and by all means, go get the book. It's called Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. Tap your inner power and create your life's work. And the reason why I'm saying that is because it's the very first book that I've come across that, you know, everyone says, like I said before, work hard, hustle, hustle. But what characteristics really separate someone who stays an amateur and you bang yourself, your head against the wall over and over and over again because you're doing the same thing but you don't know what to change in yourself, Right? And so you go buy another course, or you go do another course, or you get another coach, or you get another mentor, or you go travel somewhere and you come back and then you're still at the same place, you were stuck, you get a new job, you change jobs, you get a new career. You know, you're still stuck because we just don't know what inside ourselves needs to change. And I found that these characteristics really do expand on the things that we need to look in. So now let's turn the page and go into what it takes in Stephen Pressfield's book uh, and in definition, what it takes to be a pro. So let me read it all. There, there are like 20 of them that he's gotten on two pages. So I just want to go through all of them and then I'm going to dive deep and explain a few of them as he's done in the book. So these are the qualities that the professionals possess that the amateur doesn't. One, the professional shows up every day. Two, the professional stays on the job all day. Three, the professional is committed over the long haul. Four, the professional, the stake, for the professional, the stakes are high and real. Five, the professional is patient. Six, the professional seeks order. Seven, the professional demystifies. Eight, the professional acts in the face of fear. Nine, the professional accepts no excuses. Ten, the professional plays, plays it as it lays. Ten, eleven, pardon me, the professional is prepared. Twelve, the professional does not show off. 13. The professional dedicates himself to mastering technique. 14. The professional does not hesitate to ask for help. 15. The professional does not take failure or success personally. 16. The professional does not identify with his or her instrument. That, to me, was just really resonated with me. The professional does not identify with his or her instrument. The professional endures adversity. The professional self-validates. The professional reinvents herself. The professional is recognized by other professionals. So here are a few more qualities and some of the things that he goes deeper into it. So let me read a few of them. The professional is courageous. The professional will not be distracted. Now, the amateur tweets, the pro works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says... Like just in a few sentences, just just straight, like, what's it called? Like just, just 
nails it, right? Just nails it. The professional has compassion for herself. The professional lives in the present. Now, listen to this. The amateur spends his time in the past and the future. He permits himself to fear and to hope. The professional has taught himself to banish these distractions. And what are the distractions? Spending time in the past and in the future. Because when you're in the past or you're in the future, you, you, you're permitting yourself to live in fear and hope, fear and hope without living in the present. And that present is where the work is. The present is where you need to get very comfortable and very face-to-face -face with your feelings and emotions and what's working, what's not, and what needs to be tweaked. And because we're we, at an amateur level, we may be, be avoiding the present, that's one of the reasons why a pro works really hard and a pro is at pro level is because they're present. They're not in the past and they're definitely not in the future. He permits himself to fear and hope and to hope the amateur does because he's living in the past and living in the future, the fear and the hope. And the pro lives in the present. So the professional defers gratification. I'm guilty of checking my email. Aren't you, says Stephen Pressfield? We're crazy. What do we imagine we're doing to find, what, we, what do we imagine we're going to find in our inbox? The children who were able to sit for three minutes with a marshmallow on the table in front of them without eating it were rewarded with two marshmallows when the experimenter returned. But that's as crazy as inbox watching. Okay. Well, the professional does not wait for inspiration. Has anyone ever waited for inspiration? One of the things that people say to me is, I'll find my dream job, I'll find my passion when I come back from a holiday. And sometimes holidays do work because your mindset uh, is able to relax. It's able to detach from the things that were weighing you down at work or weighing you down at home or weighing you down in the city that you were located or the place you were located. And as you go somewhere else, your mind can be at rest and yes, inspiration can strike and yes, new ideas and following through on them can strike. But ordinarily what happens is when you go away on holiday, you take yourself with you, right? <laughs> you take yourself with you. And when you come back home, well, you, you're back with yourself and where you were, the stuckness, the feeling of, I don't know what I want to do, still exists within you. And so for that reason, one of the things that he's saying here, um, and I really resonate with that, is the fact that when people want to be able to find their passion, or in, in Stephen Pressfield's words, they want to you know, be inspired, most of the time a professional can't wait for inspiration or doesn't wait because they have to act now and make a decision now. And what I also always tell people is when they're going to find their passion, you can go for a holiday. But if you don't find it off on your holiday, and most people do, so most people don't, I'm not even going to put a, any thoughts in your seat, any thoughts in your mind, because I don't want to do anything like that ever. But if you do, beautiful. If you don't, beautiful, come back and actually face the music and now make a decision as to what you want to do. You know, try the passion process. It's free. It's available. Or don't and just find another way of finding your passion but don't wait for inspiration if it hasn't been if you've been waiting a very long time and that's what he's saying that a professional doesn't wait for inspiration you have to make a decision and move with that decision and remember it doesn't matter how you feel it matters how you finish you have to finish what you start okay the professional helps others 
And so what that pretty much means, guys, when you are helping others or when I, one of the things that he says is that um, the biggest thing that we can all do is that the professional does not give his power away to others. And what the biggest part of that is that asking for permission, am I good enough, am I enough, is this getting me anywhere, that's asking for permission and someone else to validate us and say, yes, it is getting you somewhere, yes, you are worth it, yes, you can do it. And the moment that we wait for third-party validation and someone to give us the pat or the, uh, the backing of what we need, that's going to give us the boost that we're looking for. But as soon as that boost is taken away, maybe we don't get the backing, maybe we don't, at one point, we don't get the praise or the encouragement that we're looking for, then what happens then? Because we're so attached to that person and attached to that praise and attached to that encouragement, our performance and productivity and level of professionalism fluctuates based on who's giving, which third party is giving us encouragement or lack thereof. And that's where the danger is what Stephen Pressfield is talking about in my interpretation of it is that the professional does not give his power away to others. And I believe it's for that very reason because what you are, you are in my understanding, is what you're attached to controls you. Whatever you and I are attached to controls us. So if we're attached to someone else's um, consent, to someone else's approval, then that's what's going to be controlling us. And as long as we don't see success or failure as a byproduct of anything else outside of us, then we cannot be controlled. But the moment that we see success as personal or failure as personal, now we are being controlled. And it's so hard. It's so easier to say that, right? But it's a discipline and it's a discipline that professionals share and who have been successful in turning a passion into a profession. And that's the characteristic. So I want to just um, wrap it up, guys. I want to wrap it up by talking about the very last thing that Stephen Pressfield touches on in the book. And that is that why is he even talking or making a comparison between what a professional is and what an amateur is? Which I believe, which is, it's just paramount. It's just vital of taking a passion because I always say to people, you know, it's easy to find your passion. Really, it truly is easy to find your passion. Once you know how, you just start from there and you start to evolve as you evolve, so do does your passion. But what is challenging is the pursuit of that passion because now you need to ask yourself, what are you willing to sacrifice for that? Because everything we do is a sacrifice. The fact that you're listening to this is a sacrifice and you could be doing something else. The fact that you go shopping is a sacrifice and you could be doing something else. The fact that you watch TV is a sacrifice that you could have been doing something else. Everything that we do is a sacrifice. Like we are sacrificed to do something instead of something else. And so when you're pursuing your passion, one of the biggest things I find is we need to ask ourselves, what are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to give up? And not forever, but momentarily to be in, to realize this passion. What disciplines do we need to put into our, ha into our lives? What habits do we have to have? Like for me, I have to work out. If I don't work out, it's like, it's like I, I'm, I'm like kind of, uh, I feel suffocated. And I don't do it. I'm not the fittest person in the world. I'm not the healthiest person in the world. But I know when I don't work out for a month, two months, three months, and it goes on and on and on and on and on that I know I internally, like mentally, I become really like just, like I don't think clearly enough. But when I'm exercising, those endorphins, those boost of 
uh, happy endorphins that go through your head or that, that you know, that you get a spurt of that as you're exercising. And the reason why, and it does actually have a huge effect on me. And so, and why am I even sharing that? The reason I'm sharing that is because that's a discipline, that's a habit I have to put in. I have to put in if I want to be in the pursuit of, of my passion because what your passion asks of you is very different to what a job asks of you when you're being paid by someone else. And you can be paid by someone else, be an employee and still pursue your passion. Absolutely. No, there's no distinction there. But when you are working for yourself and when you are, there's a different level of um, discipline and habit that comes because everything starts and ends with you. Like you are responsible for everything, right? So there is an extra... Um, sculpting of habits that have to come into your life so that you can pursue that and for me one of the things is passion uh, is uh, exercise and so one of the what he talks about um to wrap this baby up the of what the reason why stephen pressville's talking about amateur and being a professional is that in the end the enterprise and the sacrifice are all about the audience they're about the readers the moviegoers, the site visitors, the listeners, the concert goers, the game, the gamers, the gallery goers, a group which, by the way, includes you and me. We're the audience. In the hero's journey, the wanderer returns home after years of exile, struggle and suffering. He brings a gift for the people. That gift arises from what the hero has seen, what he has endured what he has learned. But the gift is not that raw material alone. It is the ore refined into gold by the hero, wanderer, artist, skilled and loving hands. You are the artist. I would gladly shell out $24.95 or $9.99 or 99 cents on iTunes to read or see or listen to the 24-carat treasure that you have refined from your pain and your vision and your imagination. I need it. We all do. We're struggling here in the trenches. That beauty, that wisdom, those thrills and chills, even that mindless escape on a rainy October afternoon. I want it. Put me down for it. The hero wanders. The hero suffers. The hero returns. You are the hero. And that's where I wanted to leave it off, guys. That's the Stephen Pressfield book turning pro if you'd like to get your hands on that yourself i was giving some free copies away um, to my community the unbox you give community i had a quite a few stephen pressfield uh, his team sent me some of the copies to distribute free to the people um, who i was in contact with and i decided to give them to the people in my community so if you would like to be um, in receipt of free gifts like this turning pro or any other giveaways that I do, then by all means, please go to unboxyourgift.com and you join the community. You uh, put in your name and your email, you join the community and you will get emails from me on a Thursday with all things passion turned into profession, as well as these little giveaways that I do from back. But that was, so if you're one of the people that are listening to me right now and you've got the book, you know exactly what I'm talking about and you know exactly how juicy this comparison is. And when you read it for yourself, you get to put yourself in the spotlight of what are my gaps as an amateur? What do I need to close in on that gaps? And what the fast track professional track is and where am I aligning with that? And how, how often am I, am I on the track of that professional path? And to know that gives you a sense of something to measure. 
sense of growth. Just like when you go and weigh yourself on the scales and you think, okay, I, I need to lose five kilos or two kilos. Or I need to lose nothing because I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the weight that I am. But the scales give you an estimation of what you are and you think to yourself, where do I want to be? And now you know what gap you need to close. It's the same thing here. Who you are, how you're coming up, how you're showing up, what your habits, what your discipline, what are our characteristics. And this is pretty much the scale in terms of his definitions of what pro is, what amateur is, and how we can close that gap and get to our ideal characteristics so we can sculpt our soul because life is a gift. And my advice to myself and to you is to unbox it every day. <laughs>